This is the Mini Market Podcast. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. Three man weave this week. I am Dalton with Isaiah and Connor. Connor, how are you doing this week? Good. Good to be back. Uh, good to be back with the loyal ones here. The three man weave coming at you live. Um, it's baseball season, so hopefully we can get Lou on the pod again soon, but it's going to be a busy boy. And if not, you know, shout out Miller boys. Hope they have a good season. That's right. Dogs. So I want to start. I've got a, I've got a story I want to tell that happened since the last podcast. Love I was it. in New Little York. Story time. Story time. New York. Grab a seat. I was in New York for work. Stand down in the financial district, kind of by Ooh. Wall Street. Wow. I know, I know, I know. In my hotel, it was like Tuesday night. I'm thinking, I'm in New York. I need some pizza. So I'm on Google Maps, looking up pizza places. Sabaro <laughs> was on there. place in New York, Sabaro's. A true New York slice. So I'm cross-referencing databases, trying to find the best pizza place. I think I've got my place. Is it Prince Pizza? It was Justino's Pizza. Of course. So I found them. It's like a five-minute walk. I hit the call button. Give them a call. Order pepperoni pizza. They're like, all right, be here in 20 minutes. So hit the shower. Get out of the shower. Five-minute walk. I'm at Justino's. I get there. Dark. Black. I'm like, first thought that went through my mind was maybe there's black paper over the windows because that's reasonable. So I walk up, start pulling on the door. Nope, it's locked. Mm. Suddenly, I see a small paper on the door. It says our new location, 64 Fulton street, which is like a half hour walk the other way. No, I packed poorly. Didn't have a coat. It was cold. Long walk. A coat. I didn't have Oof. a coat. It was warm in DC before I left. So I was assuming the whole Eastern seaboard was warm. Is your internet down? You couldn't check uh, the weather app, but just find Apparently, out. He can't even find this goddamn pizza <laughs> place. So I hoof it. I'm shivering 30 minutes the other way. I find Justino's Pizza, walk in the door, they're open. Ooh, Immediately, huge. I notice two guys working behind the counter. I talked to a woman on the phone, so I'm starting to put two and two together. This might oh, not be the right place. So I'm like, hey, I called about a pizza earlier, pepperoni pizza. The guy goes, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, what number did you call? Uh, I like pull out my phone. I'm like, show him the number. He's like, what area code is that? 718. He's like, what area code are we in now? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, your pizza's in Staten Island. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, uh, he's like, where are you from, kid? I'm like, I'm originally from Minnesota. You a sports fan? I'm like, yeah. He just starts laughing. He's like, I'm a Yankees fan and a Packers fan. We've been kicking your butt for years. He's like, pizza's on me. (laughs) <laughs> oh so, yeah sympathy's on <laughs> so the guy the guy calls up the other place because apparently justino's pizza's got a couple locations in the new york area he's like yeah, yeah that pepperoni york, pizza take note we'll call I it two and a half he's like that pepperoni pizza you got waiting there the guy's not coming he's with me and he hangs up so <laughs> he whips up the pizza throws it in the oven we're talking. This was I broke the news to him that Aaron Rodgers signed the contract extension. So he's wow. and hollering about that. And then he's like, we gave you guys Brett Favre, best year you've had in 20 years. 
And then he pulls he out threw. the pizza out of the oven. It's halfway through. He's like, little extra cheese on you for five. And then puts it back <laughs> in. <laughs> Just hilarious. <laughs> so I'm cracking up, but I had to stand there like an idiot for 20 minutes as he made my pizza. So Dave, if you're out there listening, love you, guys. Shout out. That's amazing. Truly amazing. I thought he amazing. was going to just kick you to the curb like quickly, swiftly. Maybe New York isn't, a, isn't as cold-hearted as it's uh, made out to be. Your pizza's on me. <laughs> did you ask him how to become Island. a Packers fan? No, I was, I was too embarrassed to ask him many questions. And he was, let's just, you know, they say some people are playing chess while other guys are playing checkers. This guy was playing tic-tac-toe while the guys were playing checkers. Like <laughs> his takes, his takes were not too hot. He's like, Aaron Rodgers, he's a system quarterback. He's never going to be good anywhere else. I'm like, I just want two MVPs. What do you mean he's a system Improvisers out there. Yeah. Yeah. System he's like, I knew he wouldn't leave because he wouldn't be good anywhere else. Okay, dude. So I was just kind of letting him rant, but it, it was like it was cool. Um, man, I was gonna, it, I was gonna ask, is it is it a rookie move or is it a vet move to order a whole pizza in New York? I thought you just go, you know, pizza by the slice, get one slice of cheese, one slice of Sicilian pepperoni, and you're out the door. But you want it for the whole pie? Whole pie. Company's paying. Connor. All right. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So um, we'll see that in the expenses here for the mini market podcast. Was that the company paying? Cause I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> We're not getting you any New York pies. I'll tell you that much. Extra pepperoni, extra cheese. <laughs> but anyway, let's hop into the segments. It's been a busy week. Twins, bikes, Wheeling and dealing. So we want to start twins. A lot of twins deals. Yep. Let's just run down the docket of deals. First, twins, we think we got our shortstop. They send Mitch Garver to the Texas Rangers. Get back shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and a minor league pitcher, Ronnie Enriquez. So everyone's a little pissed, kind of a, a gold glove winner, former gold glove winner in Kiner-Falefa, but a light hitting shortstop. We're like, ah, oh, we've kind of seen this song and dance before. Then the next day, Twins get starting pitcher, best pitcher, probably opening day starter, Sonny Gray from the Reds. Send out Chase Petty, former number first round pick last year. So now we've got our starting pitcher. We've got a shortstop. Let's go. Then last night, we're recording this Monday night. Sunday night, Twins reverse course, send Josh Donaldson and Kiner Falefa, who they just acquired from the Rangers, to the Yankees for catcher Gary Sanchez, third baseman Gio Urshel. So now... We've got another catcher. We've got a third baseman, I guess, and a pitcher. And out went Mitch Garver, Josh Donaldson, and Chase Petty. You guys following? What do we think about that? Ike, you got any takes? First of all, my head's swimming. They got me going left and right. I got ping pong going on in my brain. Um, Yeah, I got Mrs. White in the conservatory with the lead pipe on that one. I'll start, I'll start here with Sonny Gray. To me, this feels like a classic twins move done too late. Yeah, like, I 2014 like, already? You know what I mean? Like, I like Sonny Gray. He is a good pitcher. He's been a good pitcher for a long time in both leagues. But it's just like, where were you in 2019 when he went from the Yankees to the Reds? That was the Thank time you. to get Sonny Gray. You know, he's, how old is he right now? 33? Yes. 
Yeah, so you get a 30-year-old pitcher probably at the peak of his career at this time when your team was peaking. We talked about windows with the, with the Twins. Mm-hmm. That was a time we were in a window. Maybe we didn't necessarily know it. That was kind of the outburst of the Bomba squad, but you had to have a feeling on the inside that something was going right. Boom, you go get a guy like Sonny Gray. Who knows what happens that year? Get a little revenge series for them, for him, if we end up playing the Yankees in the playoffs, that kind of thing. Would have been electric, right? Just feels like another one of these moves that the Twins made too late, but I've been wrong about a lot of stuff. Connor? Yeah, I, that, that was my exact set of sentiment. I was telling somebody, I'm like, is it 2017 already? Because if so, we just got a Cy Young caliber pitcher. But um, it's just like, it's. It, I know he, I think he'll definitely be our number one based on what was coming out of there before, but it feels like, it feels like it was. It's a later in the career move. It feels like this guy's gonna be here for two years, and he might be good. He might be great. I don't know, but I just, I don't see the high end upside to him like he had earlier in his career. And it might not have worked out earlier in his career, but at least we felt like we were going in on it. One thing that I saw on Twitter and I read it, and I was like, yeah, I totally agree. Is I wish we wouldn't have had to move so many like current pieces to get these guys. And it's not that like, you know, we gave up catcher to get a catcher. We have a third baseman. We gave up a third baseman, but it just feels like we get, we just like swapped, you know, we played musical chairs, brought in a new group to play a new game of musical chairs. Like I would have liked us to see us maybe if we want to go all in for this year, like trade prospects and have more, guys who are ready to contribute now and maybe this because otherwise what are we doing here like why are we unloading contracts or what are we trying to accomplish essentially because i think we got worse at catcher i don't know how you guys feel about that but i feel like we just downgraded at catcher agreed i feel as though we may have downgraded at third base uh you can always do the health thing with donaldson but that's very true yeah. Undershell is making so, um, a fraction of what Donaldson's making. So that that was they definitely shed salaries. This feels kind of like a move to set up another move, but yeah, we did sort of like swap chairs around and like probably downgraded the position players, but did get a we got a good starting pitcher. Yes. But yeah, to me it just doesn't it seems like it seems like we didn't do enough to like make us a better team. It just really ditched some contracts and made us pretty average still, in my opinion. Which is frustrating. Yeah, I think with Gray, what they're liking is they have two years of control for him. Um, one way to look at this, which I, I liked, uh, I saw this on Twitter as well. It said the Twins effectively flipped Chase Petty, who was their first round pick last year, high school pitcher, and one year of Jose Barrios for Austin Martin, Simeon Woods Richardson, and two years of Sonny Gray. And if you look at their statistics, Sonny Gray and Jose Barrios have been like very similar pitchers over the last two years statistically and the advanced metrics even favor gray a little bit because cincinnati's park is like the third best offensive hitters park in baseball behind coors field and fenway so to have like similar statistics there where you're pitching half your games in a a tiny park pretty good for gray whereas the twin stadium is like 18th best in the league for hitters so there are some people you could go back and forth but comparable pitchers there so i think what the twins are doing is they're hoping they can shuffle some deck chairs, free up some cash, and then it seems like they're making a push for to be okay this year, but then 2023 is the year because it's going to be Maeda's last season under contract. They're going to have Gray for that's going to be his last year as well. And then they've got these young guys coming up with a couple of the sort of end-of-contract vets like Sano 
and uh, Kepler, Polanco are going to be toward the end of their contracts as well. So it seems like they're sort of eyeing 2023 as the year to make a push. It, it feels a little bit, and I know this isn't how you judge a trade, but I feel like the perception of how a trade is, is you can kind of tell who the immediate winners and losers are. And immediately it feels like we lost that Donaldson trade. Like the media is going off about like the Yankees get Donaldson as opposed to like the twins get anybody like that. The headline is Donaldson to the Yankees. And part of that's probably, you know, the whole East coast favoritism a little bit, but it's funny to see that. And you're like, well, it feels like we kind of lost this trade. Like even if it was maybe a good move for us to free up cap space, it just immediately you're like, that sucks. Um, So that was a little bit of a bummer too. But I, I think, I think the way Dalton you're choosing to look at it is 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 positive and is probably the light that we should take. Um, but sometimes it's challenging to do so. One thing I will say, I've I've seen Twins Twitter, some people saying we gave up our first round pick last year for Sonny Gray. This guy that we traded away throws a hundred miles per hour out of high school. Like if you're if you're thinking we gave up a lot for Sonny Gray, I'd pump the brakes a little bit. Like High school pitchers are the most risky lottery ticket of lottery tickets that is the MLB draft. Like you can draft a high school pitcher in the top five, and there's maybe a 50% chance that he's going to make the big leagues. Like, yes, Petty probably has is probably like top five in terms of electric stuff coming out of high school in the last like decade, but he did fall to 26th in the draft. So it's not like he's this can't miss prospect. So we're going to have to cross our fingers and hope that in five years, the Reds don't have a six-year starting pitcher with a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, but there's a better chance that Petty ends up being either like a middle reliever, late-end bullpen guy, or just a guy who flames out in the minors. So don't don't be too sad that we traded away mm-hmm. a first-round pick. I feel like people see first-round pick and their eyes get big. of Like, oh, we gave away our future. If you just look at the way that like arm talent is trending, you like yeah he's once in the last 10 years but you'll get in the next year there'll be a once in the last one year kind of guy with in terms of arm talent that like you said either will or will not work out i think most people are afraid of like a brewster gratterall situation where like all of a sudden this dude bursts onto the scene and is like playing in meaningful games and looks electric but um he'll be playing for the Reds, so we don't have to worry too much about that happening. Meaningful games aren't really a thing for the Not Reds. Not really for the Reds, yeah. They don't really specialize in those. Not since Sneaky Pete left. <laughs> a curse, a hex on you and your organization. Um, mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez, do we have, like, I know this is the one where everybody's kind of like, wah, wah, with Gary Sanchez. Like, you look at some of his numbers, there's things that people don't like in Minnesota, and one of them is strikeouts. That's why nobody likes Miguel Sano. And Gary Sanchez strikes out a third of his at-bats. Like, it's nice there'll insane. be a competition for the strikeout king this year that we'll all want to stay, I'd say, pretty in tune to throughout what, the summer. Yeah, what do you think? Should we try to do like a, you know how they do like a turnover chain in, in football or like, a, you know, you get all these different little uh, things. What, what should we do for like the strikeout award? Um, is it the strikeout sombrero or is that too close to the 3-4K night? Yeah, that's already accounted for. We got to come up with something fresh, something new. How about a plunger on your head? (laughs) I think uh, I like that, Dalt. The thing that worries me even more about Sanchez, regardless of like his actual like playing statistics, is just his like style of play. 
we've talked a lot about in Minnesota about like what do Minnesota fans like? It's guys like Patrick Beverly. It's guys like Nick Punto. Uh, it's dudes like Miku Koivu. Like it's just we like grinders. We like people who just work really hard. My favorite player in the wild, Ryan Hartman. Why grinder? Um, yep. We don't like the kind of like hot dog big league attitude. Uh, it's why KG is so beloved. He was good and he was a grinder. Uh, and Gary Sanchez is just like the exact antithesis of that, right? Like he's just going to be like, this is, I don't see this going well, just in terms of like how he carries himself is just the exact, unless he's going to be unbelievable this year, he's going to yeah. be very, very disliked, I think. And the problem is with him, it it bleeds into his defense. And yeah. like he's he's led the AL in pass balls three of the last five seasons. Like he's not a good defender and he's a lazy defender. And as a catcher, you can't, can't be lazy. That. You can't be no. lazy. Every year, I feel like I've seen a montage of just like simple, like fastballs that just he misses. Like not a wild pitch. It's just like he just misses it. And there's a montage that comes from Yankees fans. Every year, Gary Sanchez is just like just has these mental breakdowns in the field where he just stops playing for a little bit. And when you're getting paid a lot of money and people, you know, like Isaiah said, there's like Midwestern values that like come out and you want to see people like work hard for what they have. And he just doesn't do that. So that's frustrating. And I feel like people are going to hate him unless he hits the ball real well. This better than he has uh, also run. worried about his home run numbers considering where he was hitting all those home runs hitting about 280 to the lines you know out there in New York but yeah and it also th- like to make matters worse a little bit for him is he's he's kind of in a way replacing Mitch Garver who I think was one of those Beloved. types of guys that like people here really liked because it did seem like he was a really hard worker he did kind of feel like he just you know he embodied what the twins were all about so uh, it's going to be an uphill battle for Sanchez. Maybe the only thing that can you can say like, hey, maybe it was just like some guys don't like playing in New York. They don't like those bright lights. They don't like that in- insane scrutiny from the media. Like maybe he just needed truly a change of scenery, a little less pressure. Like he can just play his game now. Dif- different atmosphere. Doesn't have to worry about all those bad things that have happened in the past. It's like a fresh start kind of thing. Hopefully, hopefully we f- see a new guy, but work ethic doesn't typically change that quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I know there were some rumors yesterday going around about he was a, he was, Gary Sanchez was a get to get rid of kind of guy. Sounds like those have kind of fizzled out. Did you guys see any of that stuff on Twitter where a lot of people were speculating that we were getting him to make another move? And do, do you think that's something that will happen? It sounds like Rosenthal tweeted that like, that's not the direction the twins are looking to go like 30 minutes after he tweeted, that's the direction the twins are going to go. So not sure. Where, have you guys seen anything or what do you think on that? I'm hoping it's one of those things where the twins actually did get him to flip him, but then that word got out and they're like, whoa, 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 no, we're not going to flip him because as soon as a guy knows, as soon as other teams know a guy's on the block, they're not going to give you much for him. And he's kind of already a guy where teams have mixed feelings. So I'm hoping this is the twins effort to sort of keep his trade value up by saying, oh, we actually like Gary Sanchez. The Sanchez, baby. He's our catcher of the future. <laughs> Ever heard of that? <laughs> um, speaking of getting flipped, Isaiah, the shortstop, that was an all-time... Like, I'm worried about yeah. him getting flipped again because if you looked at him, if you were on social media at all, he 
first of all, has a had technically a fantastic beard, great facial hair. Uh, he tweets like a very positive, like I'm excited what I can do with the twins, like tags us, shows a very random highlight of him. Yeah, I was going to ask fake. about that. I love that highlight that he shows. I'm like, this is the best you got the fake double play throw to third behind the runner. I'm like, man, if that's Classic. the top highlight you could come up with, I'm a little, I'm, I'm okay with the flip, but then he goes to the Yankees. So he gets flipped. He does the whole thing that happens a lot where you're like, got to be supportive of my new group. And then you're on to the next one uh, happens in the NBA, probably the most, but, um, and then he does it. He didn't learn his lesson. Potentially. He literally shaved his facial hair, like his full beard, shaved it right down, put a video out. Uh, because in New York, you can't have facial hair. Like, what if they flip him? He just shaved for nothing. Like, take a beat, man. Like, let it rest for like a day. Just see what happens. You know, like, just stand pat for a second here. While I totally agree with you, I think that is like the epitome of what every fan loves, though, is like, oh, this guy's so all in. He didn't even land in New York and he's already committed to the no facial hair thing. Like, like how jacked would Minnesota sports fans be if that was our policy? And we're like, this guy is locked. He wants to be here so bad. And like, he kind of did it for us where he's like tweeting and like pumped. Like, I feel like if he ends up being good, it's going to be sad on a lot of levels because it's going to be like, oh man, he really wants to be wherever he is. Apparently the guy just, he just wants to play. Yeah. yeah, he's like, just get me in the game. And that's yeah. our kind of guy. Yeah, He's like, don't look around at other contracts, sweetie, when you're having a good year. Eyes forward, front of the class. Two last things on the Twins. One, they traded Josh Donaldson to the Yankees. Josh Donaldson had called out Garrett Cole for cheating. His How Garrett Love Cole's that. spin rate dropped down last year after they got rid of the sticky substance ban. Or they, they banned sticky substances. Mm-hmm. So would love to hear your guys' takes on you th- how you think that clubhouse interaction is going to go. And two, everyone is saying that the Twins are now targeting a shortstop with the money that they freed up. Would you feel okay cheering for Carlos Correa if the Twins <sighs> signed him at shortstop? Because it seems like the two big fish left are Carlos Correa or Trevor Story, the Rockies' former shortstop. Probably more likely that we would get Story, but would just love to get your take on Correa because he kind of leaned into being the MLB heel Everyone hates the Astros, and he he kind of leaned into it. So, what do you guys got? I feel as though I would not like cheering for Korea. I also have made it well known that I'm down. I'm down and out on the MLB for, for now. I mean, I'm talking about them, but I'm down and out on them. Um, I would be disappointed. I mean, I understand like talent's more important than anything in the major leagues, but it's just like, oh, such a terrible character guy. I don't want Korea. I I don't I didn't love the clips of him like leaning into it. like everyone else was pretty apologetic and he was just like f you f this f this and it's just like well you did like buy the book cheat and like it's probably better just to take ownership of it and and move on. He chose to be the heel, which maybe that was part of his strategy. Just didn't care for it much. And I think that dynamic. I know it's fun in in theory and a fun story, but I feel like. At this at this level, they bury the hatchet pretty quick. I think if this was the '90s or the '80s, totally different story. These guys are going to fisticuffs day one in the locker room. Like they just they weren't about burying the hatchet. But nowadays, guys are just too friendly. They're this it'll blow over. They won't even hardly talk about it. So, unfortunately, because that'd be electric if they went at it. 
Hunter sounding like an old head there. Man, if this was the 90s, LeBron the 80s. wouldn't even get nine points a game. Yeah. He'd be He'd getting get his ass by beat. these 6'3 guys. Bill Lambeer would destroy him. Um, I'll go the I'll go reverse order. I'll start where you dropped it, Connor. I think I kind of agree that it's not it's like not going to be an issue. Um, but I think it's going to be because it's going to be more of a uh like a quarterback and a DB just never really talking in like a football locker room, yeah. like that kind of thing where they're just like they're just going to go about their business. They're not really going to interact all that much. I think Donaldson will probably not be there that long anyways. Like if I had to guess, he seems like he's on that one year, two year, maybe kind of cycle. He'll be going through a bunch of teams in the next five years or whatever. So um, I don't know if they necessarily bury the hatchet. I think they just forget about it in the woods. Um, Dangerous with kids, but yeah. Well, Carlos Correa, if he's on the twins, I just, I would be devastated. I can't, I can't deal with that guy. Like I, I totally agree with everything that you said, Connor, like he cheated. You've got to like, at least own up to it a little bit. I understand that like, he was getting some pretty aggressive backlash, but it's like, it's all, it's hundred percent your fault. Like if you didn't cheat, you don't get this stuff. And, and then even worse for me was the way that like the MLB media was trying to like portray him in a positive light and like talk about his like competitive juice and like his character that way. And I was like, no man, I'm not going to get on board with this guy. Like this is one of the more egregious cheating scandals in our lifetime. And he was like right at the center of it. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't love the idea that we would end up with him. I kind of hope he's not in that AL anymore so I can stop like hearing about him. I would like to see him on a bad team again so I can stop hearing about him. I just kind of want him to be you know, left in the woods with the hatchet, right? Um, and then... Uh, if Correa found that hatchet that they lost in the woods, <laughs> that'd be ideal. And if he found it by falling, that'd be even more ideal. You said it, not, not that me. Wish harm. I didn't not say it. I didn't say not it. Not that we'd wish harm on anybody. <laughs> um, it, just in general, though, like, are the Twins a shortstop? Like, are we a shortstop away from being a good team? Like, does getting Trevor Story make us a good team? I just feel like our pitching staff is so, so brutal. Unless there's a bunch of guys making big jumps that, like, I don't foresee. Or we get somebody, like, fairly legit on the back end. And then, like, most of our guys have career years. I still, like... So I don't know, like maybe, maybe it falls into the 2023 timeframe that you're talking about Dalton. But if you go out and you sign Trevor story, you pay him a ton of money and then next year doesn't work out. Then where are you? Then you're like floating with a shortstop who's going to want to leave pretty quick. So I don't know exactly what they do. I, you know, we've always banged the drum of like twins never do anything. They never make the big move. So I guess I can't be the guy who's like, Oh, don't make the big move now. That would be a little hypocritical. So as long as it's not Carlos Correa, I will fall in line. If you're ready to get angry, you've come to the right place. It's time now for a mini rant. Presented by Tellum Sports. I, th- I think one thing, and I've already denounced the MLB on this when we were in the lockout, but like this irritates me even more because now I'm thinking long term. 
and I'm thinking about everyone who was on this team. The sorry, the Astros team. I'm going back to the Korea thing. Everyone who's on there, like there are some guys who are potential Hall of Fame long term, right? If these yeah. guys make the Hall of Fame and they don't put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, like I realize this is also a really old man take, but like that just like literally, I'm so mad thinking about it. Like I am furious at the fact of like I don't think that what they did is better than what he did. I think honestly it might be worse because it was like not the purest form of the game. And so if I may be on my soapbox, it's just like if if Carlos Correa or Jose Altuve make the Hall of Fame, like I'll be a little disappointed at how this whole thing's worked out. Especially with the steroid era, like I feel like we mm-hmm. got to move on from all that. I feel like we have to just start putting people that were good at this game in the Hall of Fame so I can rationalize that this game is like actually trying to be the best version of itself. And I should say the people are trying to make it the best version because like hiding from the steroid era that that at, at a one point brought baseball back a little bit into the spotlight and like has since di- kind of fallen off a little bit. But like McGuire and Sosa made baseball really fun there for a while. And like that was like steroid induced. But like I think there's so much that you still have to be good at even using steroids that I, I, I'm not so hung up on it. But I just can't believe if these Astros players, like, you know, even Garrett Cole, if they go to the Hall of Fame and they were part of this massive organized cheating scandal from a team that didn't get their championship taken away from them, like, it's just bizarre to me. Like, I just, I can't even, I can't even, people. It blows my mind. It makes me furious. Um, Justice for Shoeless Joe Jackson, am I right? Yes, let him back. Yeah. He didn't mean to take the money. Watch the movie. <laughs> uh man, Connor, I think I think you got caught in you a little like you were being reverse hypocritical because you're like, don't let these guys in who cheated, but do let steroid era users who cheated in. So it's like but, the reverse of what's gonna happen because they're not gonna let the steroid players in, but they will let these guys in. And you don't no, like that because it feels I'm saying if they let these people in and don't let the steroid users in, that's criminal. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And the same okay. thing yeah, with yeah, Pete yeah. Rose. Yeah. Like you can't let these guys who cheated in and, and ignore 15 years of guys who cheated. Yeah. And honestly, probably, I, I don't know, this maybe is not even a fact, but maybe on a level more level playing field, everyone probably steals signs, but just not that elaborately. So... Yeah. 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 I'm okay. saying if, okay. If we're on the yeah. same page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tracking then. Because I was a I little, I was a little hesitant. In, you know, I might walk myself in a circle and put myself in a box there that I didn't know about. But that's what I meant to say is you can't let these cheaters in if you're going to exclude other cheaters. Yeah. It's really funny that um, like gambling in general is perceived so much more negatively in sports than like this type of cheating scandal. Because you, you look at like the Calvin Ridley thing, like he got a year. He's going to get that year because they need to set an example because it's like this slippery slope thing where uh, if if it feels like what you're watching as a fan is no longer random or like just like a chance outcome in a sense where like whatever is happening on the field is happening on the field and it's just the talent and like the coaching staffs and like all that stuff that makes sports fun where it's like any team could win, whatever's going to happen is going to happen because of fate or whatever. When that starts to go away that's like a dangerous thing for leagues. Like they can't have that, even though right now gambling is having a renaissance and there's so much money involved. Right. So they have to make a big example of that. But 
the type of cheating that the Astros did does the exact same thing. It like impacts the way that a viewer watches the game. Like, how do I feel about the outcome of this game if I feel like one team is actively cheating and not getting like in trouble for it? It's the same thing. So they, it's weird that they would not treat them the same way. It, the whole thing has been very strange. I think they, the MLB in general is just afraid of like getting a black eye from this thing, but it in a sense has been worse than if they just dealt with it and been like, yeah, you cheated. Here's what happens. Like you get in trouble when you cheat. But they were just now coming out of like really, really out of the steroid era, really getting through the whole like investigation with it. Like they felt like they needed to sort of like protect the sport by letting this go and that's where i'm with you or like that's i don't like that yeah similar to where you started that one um sports betting just thought i'd throw this tangent in there because i read it the other day and thought it was insanity um so i live in south dakota most people know that south dakota legislature has been like floating around with the idea of legalizing sports betting and one of our legislators said it strikes me that people are doing lots of stuff illegally. Should we take away those laws too? How about theft? How about murder? So comparing murder to sports betting, and I was just like, wow, that feels like a bit of a leap. But um, So that's what I thought of when you said that, and I thought it'd be a nice little piece to add in there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well that's done. Uh, yeah. Tell well, me Dal- he's not a 70-year-old white male. Am I right, people? <laughs> Dalton, we took uh, freshman year, we took pseudoscience as our J-term, and that sounds like a, a beautifully crafted logical fallacy where you can you know, bolster your own argument by going to the nth degree on something and mm-hmm. making this comparison that's like non-comparable but feels dangerous and somehow connected. I yeah. thought that, I mean, that's great execution right there. Beautiful. Red pill, $5 on T-Wolves money line. Blue pill, stabbing someone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do? Take Matrix. a pick. <laughs> they both wash down the same. So let's carry on. We did get a little sidetracked there. I'm I'm joined here by the cult of Kirk. So let's talk Kirk Cousins. Signed Whoa. an extension this week, making his cap hit reduced from 45 million this upcoming season to 31 million. He's gonna get paid. $70 million over the next two seasons, but it brought his cap hit down a little bit this year, free up some cash. They were well over the cap, so this gets them back down closer to the cap. Guys, how do we feel knowing that Kirk is our QB for the next two years? Just a disclaimer, if you want a full rundown of everything and how this cap hit works, all that like integrate in like all that, you know, tight little math there that's going to come out of this, just go to our blog. Uh, it's tellemsports.com. You'll get all the info there. So just before we start. If you really want to get into the nitty gritty, it's talentsports.com. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty obvious where I stand. I think it's it's always going to be the thing where, okay, is it, where I'll start is so I was getting some heat about him not being a good teammate because he might not take this deal. So hopefully now everyone is saying how good of a teammate he is because he finally took this deal, saved the team a bunch of cap space. Good job on Kirk's part, but I think it always it's always going to go back to w- the pieces around him for me. I, I think we don't. I think we're close to winning, but that's it, it. It'll always be that for me. And like I think he's compensated highly, and I think every time we keep renewing him, we're going to keep paying him more money, and people are going to keep being more upset. But that's kind of the going rate of a quarterback, unless you sign him to a long term deal. Um, 
Yeah, that's where I, that's how I feel about it. I mean, I've talked about Kirk Cousins so much on this podcast, and I've made my points, and and so I just feel like there's a lot of people out there that are there. There's so many problem people. Everybody can find a problem, but people don't always want to hear the fact that like, well, how about we have solutions? This is like a generational complaint of me being like a 45 year old and you guys being 18 and me being like, oh yeah, you guys, I, I understand you can find flaws, but then like, do you have any solutions to suggest? And that's always been my Kirk Cousins beef is like, it's really easy to say, oh, he's not the right fit. It's really easy to pull the numbers apart and say like, oh, he doesn't win games. He's average this, that, or the other thing. But I think the main piece that I always go back to is what was our other options? Like, I don't think there was a better option. I think we took the best available option. Otherwise, the, the next best option to me would have been trying to draft quarterbacks. And so while we have all these people that are nice enough on social media and everywhere to provide problems, there's just not enough solutions going around on like how we would have fixed the problem five years ago in my opinion. I always thought having a kid, when you had a kid, you know, you'd get a dad bod. Turns out you have a kid, you, you have dad takes. After that, you've just got dad takes. Hey, you watch Generational. It. Yelling at the clouds. But I thought it was a good take. Yeah, this has, been, had the this dad has bod, been Connor's so. dad slash grandpa podcast. Like, it's uh, it's been incredible. Yes. Uh, but I think, I think you, can't, uh, you can't disagree with the point, though. Like everyone's got these problems. Yeah. I just want to say this. I have the best advice for women in business. Get your fucking ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. Um, That was a quote by, it was either Kim Kardashian or Connor Kern. I'm not sure at this point. (laughs) All I know is work, get those solutions out there, put in the man hours. We'll we'll get to the bottom of this. Or the woman hours. So I just want to clarify, you're comparing what I said to what Kim Kardashian said. That is vaguely and drastically (laughs) different. And that's pretty big insult to me. So kind of on the hot seat right now, Mike, from from my perspective. From you? Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. It's just like, nobody wants to come up with solutions. Nobody wants to work. Everybody just wants to have things done easy. Right. I think the issue is that everyone wants to poke flaws in a thing that, that like we took the best available option. And so like, what, what else can a franchise do? And then like, now we're in this situation where like, we can take these massive dead cap hits and derail the entire organization. But like we made a decision in 2017 or whenever we sign Kirk and like, it's really easy to poke holes in the, in the plan now looking back, but it's like, what can the team do? You know, like yeah. do we just tank next year and just call it a day. That, that would be, I, I feel like that would be the way to get out of it. If you're like, like it already feels like it's this whole team, this whole, whole organization right now is kind of in this crumbling sense where like the defense is there's a lot of guys that were like, right on the edge of being done with they're expensive. Like the offensive line hasn't fully gotten there. We're paying a lot of money to a guy like Delvin cook, which you can agree. We don't necessarily like there's a lot of money going to Kirk cousins, which you don't agree, but some people think is not great. It feels like right now, like the team's best asset is like a wide receiver, a young wide receiver. And like Darisaw could be great. Right. That's it. Essentially. Right. Like it really feels like it. So maybe, maybe in a weird way, the better thing to do would have just been like, don't change his contract, just kind of like unload everything, try to reset, which I don't yeah. love. I don't think a lot of Minnesota sports fans would really like to watch the Vikings just be brutal. Um, yeah. And I think it was important to the new like coaching staff and the new 
general manager to like be competitive yeah. and to continue to be competitive. I think the Vikings ownership has this sense of the Vikings as always being a good team. So yeah. I think I do in a sense agree with you. Like it is really hard to blow um, it up to, to like get out of this situation with Kirk Cousins without totally butchering your future because the expectation to be good will always be there. So you are right. You don't want this massive cap hit in the future. And I don't know if you necessarily wanted the baggage or the cost of what it would take to get a guy like Deshaun Watson. Mm. Cause we were rumored as one of the teams that was yeah. potentially able to get him, but it was like three first round picks was like the asking price. So, and I know it just worked already for old. It just right. doesn't work. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, what I'm like, how good could he be compared to Kirk Cousins? I think he's going to be like electric. Deshaun Watson, when he plays, is going to be electric. He's proven that. But like, again, it's if you have nothing around him, where how yeah. far can he get you? How much further just, can he get you? Yeah, just hide the women and children, allegedly. Um, but yeah, the, I think one thing too, like two points that I that I thought of there was like one, I think NFL franchises are so afraid to be the Browns and the Jags. And then two, like Dalton's talked about on this before, is like there's just not longevity for general managers enough to where you can like do that rebuild, which maybe is a disservice to like our organization. Like we maybe could put ourselves in a serious Super Bowl contending position if we blew it up, sucked for three years, hopefully recouped some assets and did that thing. But I think GMs are so afraid because job security is just so low and the fact that like you could just run this organization into a ground, the ground is just like so terrifying to them. So it, and, and the fans would hate it like attendance, like it's a revenue driven league too. So it's just a yeah. really hard spot, but I don't disagree. I think if you're going to move on from Kirk, the best way to do it is just blow this whole thing up and let's try again later. But that's just terrifying for, I think everyone involved in the organization. It's like you come home, you can tell something's wrong. Your spouse, they seem a little angry. And you're like, oh, yeah, I did something wrong. We're going to have to fight about this. But you don't want to fight. You don't want to argue. So you just kind of, you say, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll deal with it tomorrow. And then mm -hmm. the next day, oh, we'll deal with it tomorrow. You hope it's going to blow over. But it's probably not. Realistically, just have the argument. It might suck for a day or two. And then smooth sailing from there. But the slight problem is... is the time frame it may suck for it might be longer than than that <laughs> we're going day, yeah, days a of season I, days of season so it might suck for a week work week or a full week yeah that's a good question <laughs> a full, is it a four-day work, work week, week like i want yeah. like what what are we talking about it? um the only no, the I, only last thing on kirk cousins is like does the whole like carson wentz what the colts were able to do with the Carson Wentz situation, like impact how you feel about us re-signing versus trying to get a trade offer for him. Just that like the commanders took all of the contract. They got some decent picks in return. Like, do we think we could have gotten something like that and then signed like hypothetically a guy like Mitch Trubisky who just signed and is going to be the starting quarterback for the Steelers. And then sort of like, have this little dip rebuild thing instead of a full blow up. It gets us out of it, gets us some future assets. Like just knowing that like they took the entire cap hit for Carson Wentz and signing bonus. Like they did everything. Like, and I, I'm not saying that the commanders are a good organization. So, 
Yeah, it, it's definitely intriguing. But for me, I think there's enough bad place. Uh, excuse me, bad pieces in place with the Vikings. Like I just can't stress enough how much that I dislike the Delvin contract. So like, like that's one thing that this you know looking at a team like the Steelers, they aren't really tied up with these like these massive contracts in like non they basically don't have a running back that's super making a ton of money. Najee Harris on a rookie deal. Like I think that's such a big asset for them to be like, we can like kind of struggle through a year or two. If Mitch figures it out, great. If not, like we can build up this thing. I don't know if we're in that spot. Like I don't, I think we have to get rid of both of them. And then you start looking around being like, wow, we have, we have a lot of money to play with. Like how can we, maybe get players that we might trade later for draft capital or how can we get young players or things like that? You know, then you can get a little more creative. I just feel like we're a little handcuffed, but if they were able to take a full contract and the other thing I think I'm thinking about is like, I think Kirk cousins would have to go to a team that's like very ready to win a super bowl for somebody to want to take him on. Cause I think he's proven that like, he's not going to do it by himself. So like he needs to walk into like, three days ago with the box and be like, Hey, do you think he could get you over the edge? If you guys get these guys back and can afford him, we'll, we'll give you some picks to do. So now we're looking at, okay, how do we move Delvin? If we get that piece done now, it's like, Hey, we're kind of in a rebuild, but we still have Justin Jefferson. We still have Thielen, Dersa. We got some, you know, maybe we move on from Harrison Smith or some older pieces like that on the back end, And like, we're kind of going through a smaller rebuild. But if we have to take that dead cap, that's a huge issue. And that was your point, Ike. Isaiah, do you think the main problem is that our generation is trying to take Social Security from Connor's generation after he spent all these years breaking his back in the union? I mean, he's put in hours and hours and hours, and we're just trying to take his Social Security benefits for ourselves. I am a year older than you guys, 94 till I die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, but the thing is though, like he had so many advantages growing up because his, he bought a house and it was what pennies on the dollar to what it would be today. But uh, his college ways, education fellas. was so but cheap. Both like, ways, boys. They just, in a foot they, of snow. they think they were working hard in their generation. Dull. They if really I would have had an auto, things an were so mobile, much easier. So much then. easier. So much easier back then. They didn't have this climate uh, crisis weighing down on them they didn't have a pandemic ruining their lives the prime of their lives you know they just didn't have these things happening to them back then adults so i think they're a little bit you know they just touch yeah a little bit connor thank you that's fair (laughs) wait what about i what did i just say that made me feel old i feel like that was all pretty fair i think you'll hear it on your way back as when you listen back to the podcast today tomorrow no i'm just kidding it was just uh, all the things about Back in the nineties. Oh. So we're just going back on old takes <laughs> from like ten minutes ago. This is a really fun podcast. Love that we just dive back to old topics while we're talking about current topics. Probably super fun to follow for seven fans that we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone tweet at us. Let us know how old you think Connor is. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning into the Mini Market Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Mini Market Pod. See you next week. Go Wolves. Bye. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life.